0: And we are back for episode 13 of Journey to a Million. The off-season previews continue here on the podcast. We have on our biggest guest yet to start the episode here, Jack Settleman. He, if you guys know him, I bet you better know him. He's the founder of Snapback Sports. And that's the largest sports-based Snapchat account in the world. He's accrued over 1.2 million followers across all platforms. So we'll call him a celebrity here. Yeah, Jack Settleman. How are you doing
1: today? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for that incredible intro, and I'm ready to talk some Ravens football. I actually, I talk a little, but I don't get to go in depth and show my true knowledge, so I'm excited to hear what you guys think we should do and talk about it uh, myself as well.
0: Yeah, so Zach Roush also joined with me for the first half here of the episode, so let's get right into it. Let's talk about the Ravens, you know, how it went this past season, And Jack, we'll start with
1: you. You know, if you want to grade your season, how would you grade it? I would grade it a C minus. I don't think there were too many positives to really take from it. You could grab the fact that at one point we were the one seed, we were eight and three, and we shouldn't have been. But outside of that, the injuries were brutal. Um, Bateman showed a little bit of promise. That was virtually it, though. There's not a lot of carryover from young guys that we got to see develop. There wasn't a ton to build on. We didn't see Roman expand the playbook at time, so it's not that great of a season. Now, what does that mean for next? That I'll have a different opinion on. Yeah, uh, Zach, I mean, if we look at it, right? If you say
0: maybe two two-point conversion plays away from the playoffs, if you really want to put it you know in that way, I know play doesn't define everything, but you know that, that's one way maybe to even look at how it went for the Ravens. Cause us being Packer fans here, you know, being more Packer show, go pack, go, we, we got to see Tyler Huntley and he impressed a lot of people. Right. So that, that's kind of where we, what we thought of Huntley, you know, impressive stuff, but let's transition now here into the off season. And then looking, there's a lot of questions I feel for this Ravens team. Right. And right now, you know, from the start,
1: uh, Jack, what do you think, you know, is the biggest priority for the Baltimore Ravens? The biggest priority should be signing Lamar Jackson to a contract. I mean, you see the Commanders are trading draft capital for Carson Wentz. You see what it takes to get a star. Lock up your guy. I don't understand what the issue is. People, let me give you an interesting tidbit that I think you won't find in other places. The media is pushing this narrative that if Lamar had a you know a contract agent like most players do, the deal would be done. He's screwing himself. He's going to go into the season without. Let me tell you something interesting about all of this what's being reported is being reported by reporters like adam schefter ian rap report the reason the narrative is such is because the fact that lamar does not have an agent means that those reporters do not have inside access to the proceedings which is why if in the future players were to self-represent it would mean Schefter and Rappaport would lose access that they normally get through the agents, and that's why they will continue to talk down on Lamar doing it this way. So that's quite interesting. I don't know if many people are understanding of that. Um, They do need to sign him, though, and that just needs to happen. Besides that, build a wall around him, get him protection, keep him healthy like most should for a franchise quarterback, and then go from
2: there. Yeah. What what would you
3: say? not have... Do you think him not having an agent, uh, does affect it? Like aside from the media, like, do you think it actually does?
1: I don't know. It's a good question because all that we've heard is that it does. And it's the reason the contract. So you're kind of going through a almost biased lens of that's the only information we are going off of. I don't know what they're kind of just negotiating over, right? Like, is it an extra few million here or there? Is it the structure If it's the Ravens saying, hey, you're not the guy for us, I think that's asinine and it doesn't matter if he had an agent or not. He's going to get all, you know, all time money. Right. And so I'm not sure what is holding up that process. I could also see a world where Lamar is crazy in the fact that, like, he only cares about winning. He wants to get his money and get paid. But like, he's so locked in that he might just like not be that urgent about it. And truly, I could see him wanting to risk it all and just play this season out and win a Super Bowl and then get next level money. But to me, when Joe Flacco did that, you know, the upside was 5x what he was originally going to get. Lamar, it's like, okay, are you going to get 50 million a year if you win the Super Bowl or you get 45 if you don't? I don't think it's quite worth it.
0: Yeah, like and like you said, maybe we could even see. Lamar, you know, maybe even take a a cut to win. You know, Lamar's a winner, right? I mean, we saw him in his college days, right? And hopefully we can see, you know, as a Lamar Jackson dynasty holder, really hoping, you know, to keep seeing Lamar do some great things. I know last year, it's some up and down games, to say the least, even the injury stuff that all took place. But, you know, things are looking up, I still think, for Lamar. You know, he's young and yeah, that extension is well deserved. And I like that as the number one priority. For sure. And then you also mentioned some needs. Get guys to protect him, right? Isn't that something we would say is something the Ravens need? And looking then at some free agents, too, is there any guys who you think the Ravens need to sign?
1: Huge, huge, huge uh, retirement today from Alejandro Villanueva. He was protecting Lamar's blind side for a large portion of the year. That wasn't going very well. We knew he wasn't going to be on the team. Um, now there's question marks over, you know, will even Ricard be back? Will Bozeman kind of return? But once again, the reason why last year was a C- minus was because Ronnie Stanley, the guy you paid to protect, you let Orlando Brown Jr. walk. And now he, it's a question, is he even going to be on the field anymore? Ronnie Stanley, can he play up to that level? It's just very complicated. And we don't have any more information than we did before the season started. You thought he'd be back last year. So if he's back, that already cements a huge part of the line. He's an all-pro, pro bowler. I just don't know if that's realistic.
3: Yeah, he's definitely a big piece. I mean, every team needs a good left tackle, and he's up at the top of those left tackles. But is there like uh, any interior line or right tackle, anything like that, that you think the Ravens need to work on?
1: I would say the center position, I felt like we had a little more consistency this season, which was nice to see. I think that, you know, I prefer the tackle positions over the guards, although we run a lot with our pulling guards. So I honestly replace Villanueva. I know we signed James last year. Denver was a bit of an injury risk, but we kind of went with that, held him on the roster for the year. I am very confident if the Ravens brought back all their guys healthy, including Dobbins and Gus Edwards and Peters right Humphrey got hurt that this roster is plenty good enough to get the job done the two weak spots and they weren't my main areas to address but the two known weak spots the safety position and the linebacker position You've got two safeties who aren't very agile. You kind of have two strong safeties in Elliott and Clark. You really need a free safety to cover that deep ball. And then the middle linebacker spot, they drafted Queen. And Queen's been all right, but he gets lost in play action often. He's terrible in pass coverage. And so you look at a player like Bobby Wagner, that's the dream. You play those those two kind of next to each other. Let Queen just be a run stopper, fly all over the field. I think the changes and the fixes and the free agents – It really is about bringing players back and then, you know, fitting in a couple of those spots. And then with the draft, because, right, I mean,
0: draft might be a great way right now for the Baltimore Ravens to, you know, maybe even get some offensive linemen, maybe even like you mentioned, a linebacker potentially if Bobby Wagner ends up not being that guy in Baltimore. But is there, I mean, have you done your draft homework? Yeah. I know draft still being a month and a half, you know, away. Is there any guys who have really caught your attention with the
1: combine just wrapped up? I mean, I'm obsessed with Stingley. I think he's the best corner in the draft, and I know Sauce Gardner is getting all the hype, as he should. He was incredible and in Stingley's career. The problem with Stingley is his career trajectory was like, as a true freshman, he was guarding the best wide receiver in the country, shutting them down, and they were like, if he could graduate tomorrow or go to the draft, he would be a top-five pick. So the expectations were, oh, he might not have shut down every receiver he ever played against, and so he's had a little bit of a drop, but... I love him. Ravens don't traditionally trade up. Obviously, they love to trade down um, and continue to amass pick. So I think Stingley's probably gone before, but they're going to they cut Tavon Young today, who they hope to bring back. The question is, do they go with uh, Marlon? Sorry, not Marlin. Do they go with Marcus Peters again coming off an injury or do they cut him for cap reasons? That's going to be what's really going to swing, I think, a lot of the draft strategy.
0: Yeah, Zach, is there in your mind, you know, looking at the guys who can be cut, is there someone on your mind with the cap space situation? Because I know you like to look into that a lot, which is obviously something you want to look into with free agency in the offseason.
3: Yeah, with the Villanueva retiring, um, there's like Tavon Young is probably one of their biggest savings, but that's also in that secondary, which uh, Jack, you were just talking about how they kind of may have a few pieces moving and need to work on the safeties, but in the draft, I think I've seen the as his history of doing best player available and not yeah. really, especially early in the draft and not really going for positions of need. So I don't be surprised if he does draft um, someone that maybe isn't one of their biggest positions in need, but is um, like a place they can upgrade instead.
1: And I also think in this window, which is Lamar's, you know, here, Uh, they've got a couple players who are on big contracts where traditionally you would love to fit in the rookie deals, but how many players as rookies make an impact at a, at a high level? I'm not talking about, could we get a backup in year one? Who's a good pass rusher that totals a few sacks or, you know, could they get a couple interceptions or be a starter on the O line? But like it's very rare. I think the most recent example would be uh, Winfield Jr. as a rookie. right? He actually made an impact and was a key plug-in for the Bucs. Outside of that, you rarely see rookies go huge because you know the, the teams that go to the Super Bowl are drafting later, so you're not even getting the top rookies in the draft. So it's more a long-term play with those guys, and that's where I'd rather go out and sign the Honey Badger and Bobby Wagner, obviously, fill those holes immediately and kind of figure out the cap later.
0: Yeah, I think that move right now, especially with a guy like Lamar Jackson and like you mentioned guys returning from injuries, you know with the Ravens, why not? You know, why why not why not them? In your yeah. case, why not us, right? And, <laughs> exactly. Um, I, yeah, I think that's certainly a possibility, but I have a question in here, you know, talking Tyler Huntley. Do you think, you know, seeing him on a different team that this next year, you think that's something certainly very likely, right?
1: I don't know if I would necessarily say it's likely, especially, you know, in today's day where quarterbacks get hurt and Lamar's not locked up. And it's very rare you're going to find a quarterback who can fit the system. Ever since Lamar's been the starter and Roman built the system, RG3 was the backup, McSorley was the backup. You've now got Huntley in there. I know he balled out in theory against your Packers, but... I'm not all in on Tyler Huntley. I would have easily traded him for another pick, although it's great to have security at that position. Tyler Huntley, I think people misconstrued a little bit. Yes, he scored 30 points, and they were a two-pointer away from beating Green Bay, but they didn't. Go, they went like 35 minutes without scoring a point in that game, and it was just the two, you know, he was running a lot down the stretch. He didn't score a touchdown against the Rams. Um, he goes through these stretches. He's just clearly not a QB one, in my opinion. Could he develop in theory? Sure. But he's just not like an elite, elite quarterback. And so there were, you know, there were actual fans in Baltimore who were like, let Lamar walk. We'll save money. We'll roll with Huntley. And it's just like, people look at the numbers. Tyler Huntley didn't win a game in the last five. Like, I know he played all right. And I know games were close. But we win the game against LA with Lamar. You win the game against Pittsburgh with Lamar. You probably win the Packers game too with Lamar. And so for that reason, I'm not all in on Huntley. I think trade him where his value is best or just decide, okay, we want, we want to pay a backup and we want to keep him for a couple of years. I'm fine with that too.
3: I think if Huntley did get a um, kind of like more opportunity to start, it'd be kind of like a, a Taylor Henneke type yeah. season where it's kind of inconsistent. But uh, you also uh, kind of mentioned Greg Roman's system a little bit. Are you a fan of Greg Roman? Because I know there's some people that are kind of not yeah biggest fans. We,
1: we don't we don't love Greg Roman, which is why it was pretty crazy to see Wink was the one that got you know it was mutual, but they let him go and they kept Roman. Roman has a you know I would say he has a stance, he has a leg to stand on, and the fact that yeah, he didn't have Lamar for the last five and Bateman was a rookie and Andrews, he, who did have, you know, the top season out of all the tight ends. So, but it's just as simple as like, you're never going to evolve the offense with Greg Roman or offensive coordinator. And maybe you can say it's Lamar's limitations, but you've seen this wherever Roman's been, he did it with Kaepernick with the bills. He just kind of builds something cool. People figure it out and then, you know, he doesn't develop it. And so I think that's going to be that's probably more where I'm worried is, you know, you look at the Dolphins game this season. It was on national TV. Lamar looked like the biggest idiot in the history of football. Right. He couldn't move the ball. He looked terrible. But it's because they were running these zero coverage blitzes and Roman had no answer for it. And so I think it comes on the OC as much as, you know, Lamar and the offense in that case.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I want to go back to Tyler Huntley one more time here talking. So, you know, maybe even talk like maybe a, a, a sell high candidate, right? You know, if, if yeah. teams were offering draft picks, you would certainly, based on what you said, which I, I completely agree, you know, like wasn't really, I mean, he put up that big show against Green Bay, I'll keep mentioning, he had well, one on a pretty good game too. But um, so you, you would trade him, right? I mean, if, if teams were offering, you know, some capital
1: that this is where it's complicated like i was saying i would trade him i think like lamar's going to be the quarterback so it's pointless you might as well get a pick for him in the same vein though like it is rare to have a quarter have a quality backup and it's especially rare to have one that fits your system so i think the risk reward of of keeping huntley around probably makes sense um over just picking up another third or fourth sure if you got a first for him that's when I think conversations would swing. And that was a conversation at one point. I mean, look, if Washington's given up multiple seconds and thirds for Carson Wentz, why couldn't Huntley get one second rounder on a rookie deal? He could, but I I would, I would rather hold him.
0: Yeah. That's where I was going with, you know, with the Wentz trade we saw now Wednesday, which which would have been Wednesday, this episode, of course, airing Friday. So that's where I I bring that up. But um, Zach, uh, you know, prospects was there any guys because we talked already about some of the guys that uh jack was looking at like like stingley is there any prospect you think would fit you know the ravens needs right now because right now i mean looking at some mock drafts i know they're mock drafts we see tyler linderbaum kind of falling with with them that's usually an occasional one um jermaine johnson we see an edge fall in, in one i guess what do you guys think i guess i'm asking everyone here about some of these mock drafts, you know, with Ravens picks?
3: Um, I think, obviously, like Jack said, um, Stingley's going to be gone ahead of there. And I think um, Linderbaum, I have a feeling he's going to go to the Giants with their second first round pick they got from the Bears. But I could see um, like a Trent McDuffie. He's kind of um, not really a a Stingley and sauce, Sauce Gardner level, but I think he's... Kind of like that next um that next defensive back type that potentially might fall to the ravens
1: yeah the the tyler pick is super trendy like we yeah. get the we get the big 10 o lineman mocked to us at pick 20 every year and for some reason it never falls like that we always want it like i would love to pick up a really strong offensive lineman in the first round plug and play I just don't see it happening because it never seems to for some reason. Uh, But I like him. Pass rushing. Pass rushing is where it gets really, really interesting now that Wink is gone. So, you know, the Ravens have had a pass rushing issue ever since, honestly, Terrell Suggs left. Um, They let Judon walk, but Judon wasn't bringing in sacks. They let Ngakwe walk last year. He wasn't actually compiling sacks but they're blitzing a ton. And so when you use those two strong safeties, they can get to the quarterback a little more. Now with this new defensive scheme, are we going to need more production out of just a straight edge, edge rusher instead of our traditional way of kind of getting to the quarterback, that would be a really good reason to say, Hey, let's go pick up, you know, one of those guys in the draft. The problem is we've missed on a bunch of them recently. Uh, Owe was a great pickup. Uh, So they finally hit on one last season you know, are they willing to try their luck again? We shall see. But needs, I see receivers on that list. Get that off the list. We don't need a receiver. Bateman is going to be very, very good. Hollywood had a tough second half, but he was spectacular in the first half. He was a thousand yard receiver. They had three quarterbacks throw the ball this year. And then Mark Andrews at the tight end position. So more so than than a need at wideout. Thank you for removing that. Is tight end two. That is the biggest difference between, you know, the Ravens' success of the last couple of years and last year. They need a second, you know, kind of dual threat tight end. You saw with Hayden Hurst a couple of years ago during Lamar's MVP season. Boyle came back. He was a little bit of a threat. But really, when they get in those tight end heavy sets, that's when the Ravens are at their best. And so they can easily find a wide receiver three and free agency. Although, look. If you want to say Alan Robinson wants to come for a little little discount, that he can walk through the door, um, and I would be fine with that.
0: Yeah, Jared, our, the other guy part of the show, is a Colts fan. So, you know, Alan Robinson's a guy who gets brought up in those conversations as well. So we were talking. So we'll, we'll see if he ends up, you know, Colts or Ravens or maybe another team. But uh, do you guys have anything else before we start with the 2022 season preview? That's it for me. All right, Zach. All right. So what happens here? This is a game we do. I'm going to read the 2022 Baltimore Ravens opponents. You're going to tell me, Jack, the first record that comes to your mind, and we're going to write it down and we'll see how close you are at the end of the year. We'll let you know. Okay. All
1: right. I look, I think it's a bit unfair. This is what you need to do, Zach. Uh, Cause we were DMing once the actual schedule home and away matters by week matters. I want you to come back to me. Just make sure that I still want to stick to my original record because that stuff matters. Scheduling losses, fair. you know, all that. But uh, I'm down to play. Uh, at least now we have a little more information. Like Russ, I think we play the Broncos this year, so we know that. I think we play the Packers as well, maybe. Or no, yeah. that was last. No, year.
0: you play, You do play the Broncos though, and okay. I do have. It does say home and away on the schedule. Okay, all right. So, so that's
1: enough. But I know we might go to London. That could yeah, throw there's, off, you know, too many some fish and chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Go ahead. All right. Let's go.
0: All right. Cincinnati Bengals, you host them. Cleveland Browns in Baltimore. Pittsburgh, another home game. You host Buffalo. Host Miami. Host Atlanta. Host Carolina. Go to Cincinnati. Go to Cleveland. Go to New England. Go to New Orleans go play the jets at new york go play pittsburgh go to tampa and you host denver you go to jacksonville
1: and then you play the giants at at new york so what do you think so one of the incredible things about our c minus 2021 season is that we're playing a fourth place schedule this season so that is very nice and because of our our lost in the last week, I think we added the Giants as our bonus game. So that's incredible, too. So you've got a fourth-place schedule. You're now playing the Giants, um, which is an away game, but it's right here. And then you've also got the worst division in football as your NFC division. So the schedule is quite favorable for the Ravens. The, I guess the couple changes that make it a little tougher is we picked up uh, – what what AFC division? We play, I guess, the AFC East um so why do we play the broncos but also the giants i guess the broncos were the fourth place so they were fourth place in the west that now with russ is a little bit tougher and then of course our division that's where it gets tough so i'm going to say we'll go three and three in division just because i think that sets it easily um i think we can go three and one against the afc east maybe we lose in new england or to buffalo so that would put us at 6 and 4. I think we will beat the Giants. Where's the Denver game? Denver game is in Baltimore. Okay. So out of so 7 and 4 and then we've got the NFC South plus the Denver game. That's 5 of those games. I think we'll go 4 and 1 in those. That puts us at 11 and 5. Um I don't know what what the last game I would be missing would be. Um trying to think i think we i think we end up 12 and 5 um all right which should in a tough division depending on tiebreakers should win us the division my guarantee is that since he will finish in the bottom half of the division that i would i would be very eager to wager on
3: do you think the browns pass up Cincy?
1: I think the Browns could or I think Pittsburgh, if they if they get the right quarterback, they could pass them up too. since he is going to be the most overrated team uh, next season. They were a luck box. Burrows a stud. Their offense is cool, but they were a luck box of a team we saw in the Super Bowl. They should if you play that Super Bowl 10 more times, like since he should have won that game easily, they dominated and then they still lost it. So I think that since uh, he's not going to be that great. I know
0: Zach and I were both – I mean, I, I was rooting Bills a little as well because we wanted Packers, Bills, Super Bowl. Packers mm-hmm. obviously wanted to win, but <laughs> didn't really happen like that way. But, Zach, I'll let you go next here in picking records.
3: Um, I'm going to go 12-5 and five as well. I think they win the division by a game or two. But I think the Browns are going to improve, take one from the Ravens, and then I think the Ravens lose to Cincy at least once. But I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh both times just because um, I think a lot of, like, the big quarterbacks are kind of off the market. So I think that kind of hurts uh, Pittsburgh's chances unless I see Watson can still go there. But, I mean, we don't really know what his legal situation is currently. But I think they go 12-5 and win the division.
0: So I write down my records first, and I also put down 12 and 5. So that's that's how fun this is. So we have three 12 and fives. I mean, I, I like what you guys all said, right? And I, I think winning a division certainly looks good for the Ravens. I think Lamar is a big year in fantasy. I mean, no bias, but would need it. He and should. Then, he and should. then I also, I also, you know, I, I keep pushing the Huntley trade thing because you know it would help my it would help his dynasty value for me, right? So <laughs> I, uh, you know, I hope those things happen and go Ravens. Right. So, uh, Zach, Jack, anything else
1: with that? I would just say, you know, right now it's March and you're probably not thinking about the Ravens much. They'll probably not make any huge splashes. Wagner's a reach, honey badgers a reach. they'll you know, they'll get those low salary guys. They'll draft quietly, but what's going to happen is slowly, but surely September, October is going to roll around and the ravens are going to be favorites in games cuz they're healthy and lamar jackson wins games and he's and then like once we get to you know november and the ravens are 6 and 2 he's going to do one play and everyone's going to remember who's back and that's the winningest quarterback to start a career ever in lamar jackson with a really good team and a really good culture and look i think as packers fans you probably understand both sides of it one the expectation of Look, we got Aaron Rodgers. We got a good franchise. We're going to win a lot of games. The questions about the playoffs, I think they're fair for both sides. Um, But come November, the Ravens should be sitting pretty pretty.
0: Yeah, Zach, anything else with that? I
3: think as long as the Ravens stay healthy. Obviously, the AFC AFC is a really strong conference right now, but I think they have a shot.
0: Yeah, I I agree. NFC is looking... You know, not, not so great compared to the AFC quarterback-wise and just overall team-wise. As we all know, especially now with Russ going NFC to AFC, the NFC got weaker somehow.
1: So. Oh, yeah. If, if you're a Packers fan, you're like, if we can't do it this year, I don't know if it's ever happening again. Because that NFC, you're licking your chops. Oh. Rogers, Devontae back, it's prime.
0: Exactly. And, yeah, Jack, you want to shout yourself out? Where can people find you? I mean, a lot of people have already found you, but where can the other people find you?
1: Yeah, if you like sports, at Snapback Sports on Snapchat is the biggest, as Andrew alluded to before. We're on all platforms, TikTok, YouTube, et cetera. And then my personal stuff, if you think my takes are wrong or right, come find me at Jack Settlement. Love to engage on Twitter. Been trying to build up the TikTok. I'm also on Snap and Instagram, of course. Um, But yeah, I appreciate you fellas for having me. That yeah, was a lot of
0: fun. Uh, thank you for coming on the show. And yeah, we'll, we'll go Ravens. Hopefully they do they do make some noise next year. But with that, let's go and let's talk some let's talk some Texans here on the show. Episode 13 of the Offseason Previews. Resume on the podcast here. We have on Ony. He's from the New Channel Sports podcast. So, how you doing today, Ony? Uh,
2: I'm doing good, man. I'm kind of conflicted a little bit because I have to talk about my Texans, which I've been on and off this bandwagon for a couple of years now. So I'm, I'm conflicted a bit, but it's good to be here. It's a pleasure to be on you guys' podcast, and I thank you. I really do. I'm, I'm humbled to be on you guys' podcast today.
0: Yeah, thank you. And you guys are doing some great stuff as well on your your show, which we'll talk about at the end of the episode. But yeah, we have myself here. We have the whole Journey to Million crew for the second half. Jared Woleski, Zach Roush, and myself, Drew Skyberg. Let's get right into it. We're going to talk Houston Texans. So, Owen, I'm going to start with you. If you want to rate the 2021-22 to 22, 22 season for the Texans, where would you go?
2: Well, I'm going to – maybe I'm going to surprise you guys a little bit. I'm going to give them a passing mark, and I'm going to say they have like a D plus. I give them a D plus because everything that was going on with the Texans, we already know about the, the Sean Watson drama, right? And we know that they had a head coach and David Cully, who wasn't really that good at being a head coach. And so with all that stuff going on and all the drama that was going on for them to finish four and 13, I give them a passing mark on that. So I give them a D plus for that. But um, they weren't really expected to do much either last year with everything going on. So that, that's kind of why I give them the passing mark. And um, they they have a lot to do, fellas, a lot to work on in order to get this franchise back to where they were when they're actually going to the playoffs year in in and year out and actually um, being the Colts um, on a consistent basis. That's for you, Jared. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm kind of looking forward to that and I'm kind of not. So we'll, we'll see what happens from here on out. Maybe they beat the Colts next year, too. We don't know who's under center for the
0: Colts right now. You know, we, we know, we know it looks like it's going to be Davis Mills for the Texans, barring, you know, something. But, uh, yeah, with that, let's kind of get now into the offseason for the Houston Texans. And, you know, open question for the floor here. Is there any free agent, we'll start with that, that you guys would say must resign for right now for the Texans? Like, is there anyone who just stands out, you know, Is there?
2: Well, there there is a favorite, right? I I would like Justin Reed to come back and and play for the Texans. He was a, a very promising prospect um before when I don't know if you guys heard about the little confrontation he got into with David Culley when he was down here in Houston somewhere mid way through the season and they had to suspend him for a game. And after that it looked like, you know, after the season was done, he would not be back with the Texans. But in a, a recent interview with him, he he does like the direction the Texans are going in, and he does like their new head coach in Levy Smith, and he thinks that he can play under Levy Smith. But I, I'm not going to get my, highs, my, my hopes up too high on them getting Justin Reed because I, I do think he's going to be out the door. I do think there's a lot of options for him to go to, and I, and I do think he's a great player. But to be honest with you, as far as what the Texans would want to get, I don't think they're really concerned about keeping anybody. To be honest with you, but that's just someone I wish they they would keep is Justin Reed.
4: yeah, like you yeah, said that yeah. uh, okay, they have a lot of work he said, and they got a lot of work to do if they want to get back into you know, like you said comp- contending even in their division, so I mean, I would want a few people back, like obviously the former Packer, Christian Kirksey, they could re-sign him um I've seen like we all seen him play, like he has talent, um but yeah there there's a lot of players that they need to get set like a lot of places they need to fill, so they got some work to do yeah. Zach. Yeah,
3: I I see it just kind of similar to last season when they just signed some um kind of like no big free agents, but kind of those little players that have had promising seasons in the past, just signed like one two year deals, and then once the trade line comes, you can flip them for a picker or something like that. I think it'll be kind of similar to their last off season.
0: All right. And that's that's what we usually see, you know, look at Texans. They're rebuilding team, right? So, you know, with rebuilding teams, we often see, you know, pick up those guys like Zach mentioned, those one to two year deals, you know, throwing alluding a little bit to baseball here. I mean, that's that's exactly what you want to do. Pick up guys, these one, two-year deals, let them prove themselves, and then yeah, ship them off for some from in this case for football, it's gonna be some draft capital. And that would certainly right now help out the Texans. And yeah, uh, now let's you know, talking with the cap situation and stuff too, you know, 17.6 million in the cap space. And then, you know, talking how to free up maybe some more of that, you know, cap space. We don't know. You know, Deshaun Watson, of course, is the biggest question when you think of the Houston Texans right now. And I guess when you can we hear kind of your thoughts right now on Deshaun Watson? Like what, what's going on in tech with Texans nation right now?
2: Well, the situation with Deshaun Watson right now is really nothing can be done right now until he settles everything in court. So right now he has a lot of stuff going on. I think it's uh twenty three civil lawsuits against him. Now if 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 I think it's a a, a certain date, sometime within now and next week, to where we're going to find out whether or not there are going to be criminal charges against him. If there are criminal charges against him, guys, then trading Deshaun Watson is not going to be an option for a very very long time. So. Within now and sometime next week, if there are no criminal charges against him, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him traded very, very soon, because then that means that he can possibly settle and get everything out the way before the season starts. And so if that's the case, then the Texans are going to be looking to most definitely trade him. And we already know about what happened with Russell Wilson and the trade that he um, did going to the Denver Broncos. I think that's going to kind of be the similar kind of package the Texans are looking for, maybe one more first round draft pick. Because if you gave Russell Wilson two first round draft picks, I, you know, Deshaun Watson's younger. Uh, he's a he's a promising young quarterback. I think you the Texans can look forward to trying to get three first round draft picks. So yeah, everything kind of will fall into place once we find out what's happening with his court situation. And then the Texans can find out how much they're going to get as far as draft capital for him.
0: Yeah. I mean, ideally you want, we would want to get something around with Wilson or even more. It's just the big question, like you mentioned is, you know, once everything's settled in court and even when it is settled, you know, that still might hurt, you know, the trade things. Cause what if something like this were to happen again in his career, what if more allegations, you know, mm. that's why I don't know about maybe more than Russell Wilson, which ideally, you know, talent wise, of course. Right. But like right. looking at, you know, maybe the liability that other franchises might, might be afraid of or might fear, might really hurt his value. But I don't know, Zach or Jared, what do you, what would you guys think for Watson? Something comparable to yeah. Wilson? What, what
4: a- I mean, that's what I was thinking. Do you think there's a team out there that would be willing to trade for Watson, even with, like, all these allegations, even if they're, they aren't criminal charges? I don't know if, like, like you're a Texans fan on and Like, would you rather have them trade him away, or do you want to, them to, like, build around him? What would you prefer,
2: like, for him? Of course I want them to build around Deshaun Watson. And when everything first went down, where he said that he wanted out of Houston, what all the Texas fans were hoping was that, no, no, please don't go. We'll do anything for you to stay. But now that time has gone on and we're hearing all this ruckus and he has all these allegations against him. Now we're just tired. We're fatigued. Right. We've been going through a lot of stuff from DeAndre Hopkins. Being traded for what a refrigerator and a bucket of water, <laughs> and into just the whole uh, fiasco with um, the, the 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 previous head coach. I, for, I forget his name. His name eludes me. But with all that stuff going on now, as a Texan fan, we kind of just want this all to go away. We would love Deshaun Watson to stay, but now we're facing reality, and we know that the only way for the Texans to really get better is to trade him away. Kind of just move on and get as much back as possible for him.
0: Is there any suitor, you know, and anyone can answer this that you guys think would really stand out? Because, you know, the Panthers, there are some, you know, links to the Bucs, of course. Was there anyone that you guys saw that really caught your eyes?
4: I mean, the Colts are always looking for a quarterback. Not that he's going to division. division rival. No.
3: But... Exactly. I can see them getting the best package from the Panthers, but I would like to see him go to the Steelers. Just because mm. I think the Steelers are kind of like a well run team. And that they'd be able to build a team around them and just kind of keep this success going with obviously Tomlin hasn't had a losing season in 15 years or whatever it is, but just kind of see that happen, but I can see the Panthers getting him on a offering a better package for him.
4: So do you think if they do trade to the Steelers, do they get back uh, Mason Rudolph or do they still stick with Davis Mills?
3: I think Davis Mills is going to be a starter starter okay. next year. I mean, I think he kind of won that job.
2: Yeah, what I'm hearing down here in Houston is that Davis Mills is definitely going to keep the job. They want to see how what he really has in him. Um, but I'm also hearing that they may just bring somebody in to compete with him uh, just to see if he would lose a job. But if Deshaun Watson goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah, i might have to do another show on me where I'm talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers because I would jump ship from the Houston Texans <laughs> to the Pittsburgh Steelers for sure. Because Mike Tomlin is one of my favorite coaches of all time.
0: That's fair. Yeah. I mean, well, the record, like Zach mentioned, has not really, hasn't really had a Lutazine season in ever, right? I mean, has he? That's
2: the. I don't, I don't think he ever has had a Lutazine season.
0: That's the stat, right? Yeah. Right. So, you know, absolute winner right there, Mike Tomlin. But let's talk about another trade potential um, piece here. Laramie Tunsell, you know. Do we think he's gonna move, um, Oanyi? What are you What are you hearing in Houston for this one? Uh,
2: I, I am hearing that they are trying to uh, move Laramie Tunsell. Um, I think the suitor was um, the Cincinnati Bengals at one point because you know okay. they have a, a little bit of a problem there, offensive line. So that was the, the number one team I was hearing um, around Super Bowl time. Um, it's kind of quieted down now, but I do think they are looking to to move him. And then maybe um rebuild their offensive line through the draft. So that's what I've been hearing down here.
3: What do you think his value is right now? Cause I know you traded uh, Houston traded like was it two first round picks for him? Yeah. Was it just one? I mean, yeah. I don't think you're gonna get that back, obviously, but no, no. Can you get a one or the second round? Uh
2: the only way we will probably get more if, if for some reason another team decides to hire Bill O'Brien. And then we can just trade him back to that team and then he can give us <laughs> back our draft picks. That, that's the only way we'll get more value for him. <laughs> but right now, I, I don't see us getting that much for him. Um, I do think, though, I did mention the Cincinnati Bengals. I do think that is the one team because if they really look at how far they got, that was their one weakness, right, was the offensive line. So they might just give up the house to get a couple of key pieces there to keep Joe Burrow... Um, healthy and human, human protected. So I, that is the one team I'm looking for. You you say they won't give up two number ones, but who knows with that team?
0: Yeah, you're you're spot on with that. And, you know, looking in the draft, I mean, they, right now the Texans are sitting very nicely, you know, with picks. They are loaded. That third overall pick in the first round, you know, that's looking nice as well. And you would certainly think, right, Oñe, that uh, offensive linemen would be taken with that third overall pick, right?
2: Yeah, um, I think it's Icky. I forget, Icky Aquanu. That's the, the yeah, guy Tennessee right State. now. Yeah, yeah, that's Tennessee the guy State, yeah. I'm hearing about a lot. Um, I, I think he is an absolute monster. I think that that's the guy they should definitely be looking at trying to draft if they're really trying to build that offensive of line. But don't be surprised if the Texans trade that pick away, right? Trade down and try to get more draft picks. Um, that's kind of something i also hearing there as well. But I, I, I don't know. I fell in love with Icky Man. <laughs> I think that if you're able to get him, they will really have a solidified offensive lineman on their team.
0: Yeah, in some drafts I've seen Evan Neal, you know, and that's one we've seen first mm. overall, right, Ty? I've seen those two guys switch. So you know, if Evan Neal falls the three, you would take him then instead, right? Is that kind of where you would stand? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I would stand on that too. Yes, absolutely.
0: And then yeah, like you mentioned, trading down. I'm a, I'll throw some more offensive linemen out there. You know, Charles Cross out of Mississippi State. That might be a guy, you know, and that's only you know two, three spots is kind of where he's projected to go and might be a difference. But then, you know, in, in our Ravens episode, we talked about Tyler Linderbaum. You know, that's a guy, you know, later first round that maybe, you know, might might open some eyes in Houston and then you know, there's a guy from Valders where we're from, Luke Gedeki, an offensive tackle who we might see second, third round, maybe end up in Houston, right? So, you know, there's there's a lot of offensive lineman prospects this year. I don't know if, if you've done any you know draft research. Is there any other guy or any other prospect maybe that you're looking no, into?
2: I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that I really dive into all the the draft picks or everybody coming out of college. I just know a couple of people. And I do know the, the pieces that the Texans need in order to rebuild. I think that main piece for them right now is the offensive line. So if they decide to trade that pick and just go after any of the guys you just mentioned, I think that will kind of be the route they're going
4: through. Two uh, mock drafts are also saying uh, Kyle Hamilton, safety out in Notre Dame. I don't know. I, I know you said you want a lineman, but I mean, I'm just looking at some mock drafts and they're saying safety. So I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
2: They, they might be anticipating that it's going to lose um my boy that yeah. we're talking about justin <laughs> reed that <laughs> they're okay. anticipating that they're not going to have him around so they're going to try to find someone to replace him. so that mm-hmm. that kind of makes me sad i wish he didn't say anything about that now
0: Zach, what what about you what do you think for these draft prospects for the texans
3: um i think they're probably going to go tackle i mean if for some reason evan neal and eq were a, however you say his name, the guy from NC State, if they're both gone, which I doubt is going to happen, I think uh, either Hutchinson or Thibodeo
4: get an edge.
0: I don't think Hutchinson's
4: going to fall much. He's going to probably go top two.
0: People have him like a lock with Detroit. I mean, I've seen every mock draft I've seen. I've seen him, you know, Mm -hmm. he's he's sticking in in Michigan. He's staying. He's going to Detroit, and I I feel like that's – that's like the consensus thing right now. It's just like meant to be, right? I would be shocked mm-hmm. if that didn't happen. So, yeah. yeah um, other than that, guys, uh, any other draft prospects for anyone before we kind of talk some twenty twenty two season predictions? No,
2: wait, well, just well, you can go. Just one more thing though. With the um, the acquisition of Lovey Smith, I do think they're they're going to be looking uh to draft a lot of people defensively. Cause that's what let me sis was built on when he goes back in the, with Chicago. So I, I do think they're going to try to build through the offensive line and get a lot of defensive pieces uh, for that team.
3: I do yeah. have a question. Like what is your view on uh, kind of like a Nico Collins for uh, maybe fantasy this year or Brandon cooks? Um, I think Nico Collins maybe have a little bit better year than he did last year. Um, well, I don't I, know if I, you play fantasy, but would you draft either of those guys?
2: Yes, I would. I had Brandon Cooks last year on my team, and he actually performed a lot better than I thought he would. Would It was a PPR league, which helped a little bit, um, but he he did do good things for my team. Um, Nico Collins, I'm kind of – he's kind of a, oddly to me like a boomer bust kind of guy. I can see him having a dismal season next year for some reason, but at the same time, I can see him just coming back during the offseason and really developing this game and having a really, really good year. So I'm kind of, I have mixed emotions about Nico Collins for, for real, for real. I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards that he would have a good year because that means Davis Mills is going to have one more year under his belt and so he's going to be a lot better quarterback and then there's not really any other wide receivers him to throw to besides uh, Brandon Cook. So that means just by nature, he would have to improve. you
0: think I, I got another dynasty one. I'll throw at you, Brevin Jordan. Is there any you know? Is there anything there? What do you think about Brevin Jordan? Dynasty potential? You know anything?
2: Mm, no thoughts right on? now. No. What? Okay. <laughs> no, no. 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 Honestly, no thoughts right now on Brevin Jordan. Honestly.
0: All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, then you guys want to talk? You know, to do a, our season predictions. We do a little game here throughout out the episode. Are you ready? On
2: I'm ready. I'm ready.
0: All right. So I'm going to read the schedule. I'm going to read all 17 opponents. You're going to tell me the first record that comes to your mind. Jared, Zach, and myself are also going to answer after you. And then when the season comes and goes, we will let you know how you did.
2: So we'd be like the, the um, ending record.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're going to give me what you think your Texans will finish this year record wise. Okay. And I'm going to read the opponents, like I said, and then, Everyone, we're going we're going to give our records. It'll be a lot of fun. So, let's get started here. I have the home and away opponents as well. So, like you will know them. So, here we go. At home, you're hosting the Commanders, going to Dallas to face the Cowboys, going to Denver, hosting Indianapolis, hosting Jacksonville, hosting Tennessee, hosting Kansas City, hosting Los Angeles the Chargers, hosting the Eagles, going to Lucas Oil Stadium to face the Colts, going to Jacksonville, going to Vegas going playing the Giants at New York, and then going to Tennessee, going to Chicago, hosting Cleveland, and then going to play Miami. So, what do you think?
2: Well, they're going to beat the Coast. That's okay. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow. I got... I got Those are lots. <laughs> definitely. Um, and there's a couple of teams in there that you named that I think the Texas can actually pull off a victory against. So, I'll have to go with Six and 11.
0: That's fair. Jaron, we'll go to you. I was going to
4: say something similar. If they don't pull off a a win against like the Browns or the Dolphins, um, they could pull out one of those, but I got like, you know, Giants. I got to beat the Bears. So I would say five and 12 at this time. Zach?
3: I'm going to go four and 13. Wow, Wow. Zach. Wow.
0: Repeat last year. Lay down the hammer.
3: they have another year or two of rebuilding and then they're gonna be uh start to compete again.
0: They're
3: not gonna mm-hmm. gain anything.
1: Know. I mean Last year. there's gotta
3: be some teams that don't win eight games, you know? Can't all win. Well a bunch Zach, of games.
0: what hold on, hold on. We gotta read what Zach said for the Jets. <laughs> all right, you wanna hear this? You wanna hear this oh, need. Let, let me hear it. Let me hear it. Zach said the Jets are going nine and eight. <laughs>
2: Oh, okay. That. To be fair, to be fair, whatever you're smoking, biased. bro, I want some of that, man. I want some whatever you're smoking, bro.
3: <laughs> to be fair, I was a little biased because I have Zach Wilson in Dynasty, so I, I have to kind of like uh, talk good about him, you know, and say he's gonna have a good season.
0: Mm. All right, well, um, I'm gonna go 5 and 12, so I'll go a game above Zach and I'll go game lower than ONE. So I don't know. I got so we have. O'Nu six and eleven. We have Jared five and twelve. Zach four and thirteen, and then Drew five and twelve. So that's the four records. And like I said, we'll get back to you on you know how how did you do, right? And that'll be a lot of fun. We actually had someone last week say Bills, the guy we had on said Bills are going seventeen and zero. He said book it. Wow, because he said he can't wow. bet against his own team. And yeah, so thought that was that was that was, that was nice. Gotta, Very you confident. Be
2: you got realistic sometimes, man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you no know, Packers seventeen and O Zach and I can say then too. Wow, we want we really we really wanted to, but well, our Packer ones for another episode, and yeah, with that Oenie, I really appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun, and yeah, one more time, you want to shout out where the people can find
2: you. Uh, I just want to say it was a lot of fun um, hanging out with you guys. Um, I am a co-host of the new channel sports podcast. That's New Channel, spelled N-U-Channel Sports. Uh, We have a website, that's NewChannelSports.net. And we're on any major podcast platform available. It's myself, O-N-Y, Chris, Big Glow, and Trey. We try to get out an episode um, every one to three. Um, We try to get out at least one to three episodes every week. But um, it was fun being on with you guys, man. And we have to do this again sometimes. It It was real fun course, maybe not. Maybe not talk Texas, though. I, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> the press is talk Texas. man.
0: But yeah, they post a lot on their Instagram as well. So I'll be on our Instagram page, of course. And yeah, their website, it's beautiful. So please go check it out. It's a nice, nice website. The layout is wonderful. So please check them out. And yeah, with that, Jared, Zach, anything else from anyone?
2: No, thank you for coming on. Wendy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, man. It was fun. Yep.
0: And one more time, thank you, O N E, again for coming on. But with that, thank you all for one, listening. One, to... one more thing, for,
2: do I get a prize after you figure out that my <laughs> um, my pick was correct, the six and eleven? Do I get anything for that or no?
0: We'll see. We'll have to figure something you, out. You'll for... see. Okay, you'll cool. see.
2: Okay. Okay. The okay, element of okay. surprise. Good. Good. Okay. I'll be waiting so for
0: that. With that, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan and Drew, the Sports Crew, the Perfect Podcast for you.